0: Hey listen, welcome to the first ever episode 23 of the Hey Listen Gamescast. Joining me here today is Rob Douglas. Hey, what's up guys? Rob and I are holding down the fort here on the Hey Listen Gamescast this week as uh, the Nathan Wagner um, is unable to join us again this week, but Rob and I have a a fun show planned for you guys. There's actually quite a bit of news this week, a lot of Nintendo news as well. Yeah, mostly Nintendo news, except for maybe one thing we'll talk about. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I guess half the Nintendo news is actually Nintendo rumors, which, but well, I guess we're getting back into the cycle of talking about rumors of the, <laughs> the NX or Switch and uh, some other things, but um, some really, really exciting rumors came out, so we'll be uh, chatting about those. Uh, how are you doing, Rob? I'm
1: doing alright, yeah, it's been a good week. Been didn't play as many video games as I probably would have liked to, but... Yeah, same here. I, I think that now that we're kind of getting really close to Thanksgiving, it's the time of year where we all get our, our week off and we all get to play video games non-stop yes. for a couple of days, so <laughs> our uh, numbers will boost up here in the next few days, exactly. right? Exactly, <laughs> always, always got to
0: pick a good game to go through for Thanksgiving week. Absolutely. Um, so, it, same with me, I was down uh, visiting some family, so... Didn't really get to to play a lot of games, left my consoles at home, uh, but was able to play uh, NES Classic. And it was a ton of fun. I I really like uh, what Nintendo did with the system. I think it was a great idea, and they implemented it really well, other than uh, just one or two things, which we'll talk about later on the show. Um, So we'll jump straight into our first um, news story, which is a rumor that got uh, posted this last week I think it originally got posted by um, Emily Rogers, who's you know posted lots of different leaks and mm-hmm. speculation. That's usually panned out and been pretty accurate about the. Yeah, uh, she was NX. fairly
1: accurate about the switch. Yeah,
0: yeah, and basically, um, this was posted that I think it was originally posted on a game website um, mm-hmm. too, but the Nintendo Switch was listed as a pre-order for one hundred ninety nine uh, like European dollars, which roughly translates to about two hundred fifty bucks in the U.S. And uh, there was a few few other sites that did this, and the, like the game side in Europe, like threatened to like sue and like take the information down and all these things. So like it feels like it's pretty serious, and that's you know the response they would take if it was a real leak. And like it like I've been said, a few other people have been you know kind of saying this, and there's supposedly sources that are backing this up. So it's looking like we might have a two hundred fifty dollar price tag on the Nintendo Switch, which in my opinion is perfect. That's a great. Great price mm-hmm. tag. If they can really hit it at that, and I'll be interested to see how they can actually manufacture that thing because they said they've already said Nintendo doesn't swell or doesn't sell their uh, consoles at a loss. Like they always make sure that they're making a profit with each console sold. Um, and if this thing, you know, is as powerful as you know we think it is, um, for them to be able to make it so cheaply and be able to sell for only two hundred fifty bucks and make a profit is pretty awesome um so i wonder if they save a lot of uh cost effectiveness because
1: i know they have a deal with epic right now for the unreal engine so i wonder if a lot of that has to do with it that they're able to produce at a really cheap price because epic has given them a pretty good deal on at least that side of the the functionality of the thing and we do know that it is smaller than most of the other consoles you know you can see that in the trailer and it's lot more portable it's kind of that cross between portability and a console and so
0: i'm like, sure there's a lot of factors that go into that yeah. to make it but i think it's like if it price. really is around like the original ps4 and like power like look how big the ps4 is Look how big the ps4 pro is like those consoles mm-hmm. are massive like how are they fitting all that tech into you know this really small little device that's probably going you know has to be kind of light and stuff um that that's what i'm kind of wondering about and you know for memory and all yeah. those other things what is it what is it going to look like so i don't know i think i think that's really exciting i think another rumor said that there would be a 250 bundle then a more premium 300 hundred dollar bundle which mm-hmm. would make sense you know they did the same thing with the wii u there was a, a 300 bundle that was pretty basic it was eight gigs no game in a white color then they had the black bundle for 350 which got you nintendo land uh digital promotion uh 32 gig hard drive over an eight so like uh Pretty much everyone I knew, at least who had a choice and like could find the black ones, um yeah. got, got that premium bundle. So I uh, I'm still planning on paying around three because um, 'cause it'll probably be something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think if Nintendo can hit two fifty for even just a basic bundle and they can, you know, advertise, you know, two fifty, um, that'd be awesome. When you think about it as a mm-hmm. handheld, you know, that seems high. If we think about it as a console, like wow, two hundred fifty bucks for a brand new console, that's awesome. Yeah. So. Well, and
1: I wonder how much of uh, the um, memory will be in play in that because I know like mm-hmm. you know you can get a thumb drive for that has sixty four gigabytes on yeah. it for you know forty bucks nowadays, and so I'm I'm sure it has really compact memory on it. If it if not, it has external memory cards
0: you have yeah. to use. And and so. it is using cartridges, so like it's not gonna be like a PS4 where you're getting these Blu Ray discs that are essentially yeah. worthless, and you have to download and install entire game going to be running things off cartridges which is crazy to think you know i think like skyrim mm-hmm. is going to run off a little like 3ds cartridge almost like yeah i know these i'm, little tiny I'm things. still a little
1: concerned about that one well, i see. You awesome. know, the, i love cartridges. there's a rumor that earlier today you know i was reading an article about it and they're still not entirely sure if it's going to be the remastered or the original version of the game. And if it's the original version of the game, that would make a little bit more sense because that's been available for Steam download for a long time, Mm. so it made sense that they'd be able to compact it to a small enough size that you could buy in that sense. But, you know, the remastered version is available on Steam as well, but it's a lot bigger download because Mm -hmm. you have higher graphics and stuff. So we'll see. We'll find out. Um, Right now, all these rumors are going around, and I'm sure come January, which is in a month and a half, basically.
0: I really hope that the Switch, you know, it's getting the remastered, you know, updated version of Skyrim and, like, other games. Like, if it's getting, you know, gimped versions of games again, like, that would be really disappointing. Like, you know, that's kind of what happened in the Wii U almost. You know, they were they were developing, you know, games that were different. Even, like, the Wii, you know, the, the Wii versions were always different because it wasn't as powerful as the other ones. And, you know, that's what we have with the 3DS now, the Smash Bros, or Hyrule Warriors, whatever. For the 3DS is, you know... We, a smaller version that's gimped and doesn't look as good um i really hope that third parties are able to you know say oh this is similar to the ps4 and the xbox one we can put that on there and you know we will have that upgradable higher res version for the ps4 pro and xbox scorpio whenever that's out you know high-end pcs so um hopefully they can hit that tier that's around the ps4 power and it's easy to Mm port things around that strength but We'll see. I, I think it's exciting, um, but let us know. What do you think? Is 250 bucks a, uh, a good uh, starter point for the Switch to launch? Would that interest you? Would you be there day one? Would you still not be interested? Um, let us know on Twitter, at listen underscore games. Let us know what you think. Our uh, next story, and this is official story that got posted today. Um, mm-hmm. Super Mario Run, the new Nintendo iOS game, is officially launching December 15th for... 9.99. I I want to go back and listen to the episode. I'm pretty sure I said this game was going to be like 9 or 10 bucks.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I said it was going to be closer <laughs> to 5, so.
0: Yeah, it, I was wrong. It, it's it definitely hit that uh, you know, it's definitely more of a premium iPhone application or game, you know, most games are mm-hmm. 5 bucks or less. But, you know, there like we talked in that episode when it got announced, you know, there's these games um by big publishers whether it's, you know, BioWare or you know, Square or, other people, you know, they are, you know, typically $10, 15 20 um, downloads. So I'm kind of looking at it from the fact that we're getting a new Mario game for $10. Like, <laughs> that doesn't happen. <laughs> new Mario games come out, you know, they're full price for years. Um, yeah. And they put and a trailer it looks like out. It... That, did you watch the trailer, Rob?
1: Yeah, and I one of the things that really impressed me is, you know, you kind of expect from an iOS game sort of this cut-and-paste repetitiveness, of a especially a game that has run in the name. You sort of yeah. expect, like, the Temple Run type game where yeah, it's just all the same gameplay with, numbers. like, a little extra thing here and there. But watching the trailer, it looks like a fully fleshed-out 2D Mario game. With a couple of different gameplay
0: modes. Basically, just switching up the, the controls is really the only thing that looks different. Yeah, and You're it's all on
1: your phone instead of on a Game Boy. I mean, it was. I was watching this trailer. You can trailer play and it like,
0: with one hand! <laughs> so exciting! The feature like, we've all been waiting for. This is awesome! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, really I, I hear you. Those, those different modes that they kind of showcase in the trailer makes it look cool. What I was impressed with is the level variety. You know, it's not just slightly skinned over versions of just. A crappy endless runner boring stage there's special stages designed and like you can go left and right the racing one looks like there's multiple different paths that all you know are based on timing and like there's castle levels we have to defeat bowser and you know jump over lava and dodge things so i i think it looks looks good i I've, I've never been excited for an iphone game before i will say that like i don't <laughs> i have to go back and look but i don't think i've ever bought an iphone game like I've I've just never been a big iPhone or mobile gamer, and I don't really play games on my phone. I have like you know a few, and I I log into Pokemon Go every once in a while still. Um, but you know I haven't really. But you've never bought anything. On yeah, I've that. never bought microtransactions. I've never paid you know f- two yeah. three five bucks for a game before. So this will be the first one. I'm I'm excited uh, to have a a quality game on my phone that I can you know kill some time with. Uh, yeah when, when i need to so i used to have an ipod touch
1: and i know i bought a couple of games for that okay but i mean that was back before the iphone was big people so that was a long yeah. time ago well, that's yeah um, when games
0: were getting big in mobile too probably
1: so yeah that was when the mobile market was starting to explode and there was some really sweet games i mean there was like fully fleshed out call of duty type games and yeah. hack and slash and like god of war copies and stuff like that <laughs> and Movie-based games. So, I mean, there was a lot of fun games that you could buy on your iPod, and I I bought a couple of them, but I don't think I spent more than $50 total over the course of three years, so.
0: Yeah, and my uh, my, my issue was, up until earlier this year, I had been rocking the iPhone 3G for about three or four years, (laughs) and so, you know, most of the paid games or even, like, new games that come out, you know, I wouldn't even be able to run on it. Um, so I just had, you know, the crappier free games that could run on that old operating system. So I'm excited. I got a new phone because Now I can play all these Nintendo games coming to mobile. That would have been bummer to <laughs> not have a phone. You missed out on it's that one. The, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm excited. It, it'll be fun. December 15th, 999. Um, Apple's still promoting it a lot. They put a, some new tweets out. You can still pre-order it and everything. So I think, think this game is going to sell big. It's going to make a lot of money for Nintendo and the crazy thing is you know Nintendo stock and profits just skyrocketed from Pokemon Go and they like mm-hmm. had so little to do with that you know they got such a small you know slice of that pie from the money that game made oh, so yeah. like they're going to be making you know 100% of this money that's coming from this game pretty much like it's all going to well, come in so it'll be Well coming. and they're
1: making money straight off the top just by the fact that you have to purchase the game rather yeah, than just exactly. have it as a free download and you can choose whether or not to buy things in game I'm,
0: I'm so glad it's like that because not only does it mean, like, okay, this is a premium game that's worth $10. Like, it's got the mm-hmm. Nintendo seal of quality. Miyamoto worked on it. You know, the Mario people worked on this. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we're not going to have any of this crappy free-to-play stuff. Or, like, hey, you want to play? you got to pay another $2. You've already used your free play for the day. Or, hey, watch this video or <laughs> advertise. Like, none of that crap is going to be in there. It's going to be a, yeah. a straight-up Nintendo game. It's just on your phone. So it's going to be sweet. That will be great. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, you want to talk about this next uh, story here, Rob? Um. Well, I think you are kind of our Ubisoft champion on the show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So earlier this week, um, I think it was yeah yesterday, uh, there was a Watch Dogs two like video that came out and it showed uh Ubisoft's game Watch Dogs two and they're going down to like it's super meta all the way through. They're going to the actual
0: Ubisoft headquarters in in San Francisco (laughs) headquarters.
1: And there's Assassin's Creed game rumors after. And this is actually what I thought was interesting is this, they dropped the titles of Syndicate, Unity, mm-hmm. and the Kairos one, which would be in Egypt. And then mm-hmm. they say that let's make sure this next Assassin's Creed game not leaked, which is kind of. Sort of a fun little, like, oh, hey, hopefully that doesn't happen. But you we all want it to happen. <laughs> it totally happened before. <laughs> but then they had this moment where you could hack into the Ubisoft servers and watch part of a trailer. I mean, it was part of a trailer.
0: Yeah, it was, like, about 20, 30 seconds. Like, 20,
1: 30 seconds long? of this, like, indie sci-fi type game and it looked very it looks very indie it's kind of the same art mm-hmm. style as like grow home or no man's sky even no man's sky kind of
0: like a mixture of the two but it it had like western music it's like a farming like space farming game or something yeah with the kind of that, that vibe going on
1: and everyone's like oh wow that looks like a fully fleshed out game the big rumor right now is that it is a fully fleshed out game. That it, you mm-hmm. know, Jeff, you were sa- telling me earlier that it was a game called Frontier, yeah. and that Ubisoft wanted to put it out in this game to see if people would be interested in it because they didn't think it would be
0: it would sell well. Yeah, they were really struggling with the development or something yeah, it's, like. It, that. It, apparently, so, it's, it's been stuck in like development. Some sources said like, yeah, it was a game that we were kind of working on, but you know, got kind of development. You know, we kept redoing things, and we weren't sure. So Ubisoft supposedly snuck this trailer in the game for people to, like, hack into Ubisoft servers and watch this new trailer. And it actually is, supposedly, a new trailer for a game that they might be releasing. So I think they're kind of testing the waters, and they thought this would be kind of a cool way to kind of introduce a game, which would be awesome if that's true.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, let's just take a moment to appreciate. There are a lot of video games that are extremely meta, yeah and what we mean by that is that they there's in jokes they mess around with their own stuff they throw out their own type of like you know oh hey that's in the same universe as this type theories and ideas going on but Ubisoft normally avoids that
0: yeah that's never really like, happened with
1: them other than that i that little bit of a rumor that um like Far Cry, Watch Dogs, and Assassin's Creed might possibly be in all the same universe. This
0: is like the most meta we've ever had Ubisoft be. And it's really funny too, because like Ubisoft's headquarters is in San Francisco, and they like built their studio brick for brick. So you're like hacking into like their actual studio from like the actual ge- people like who are making the games and stuff. So I think it's it was just kind of a cool, kind of clever nod. Uh, to mm-hmm. Ubisoft it, itself too, and then you get in there and you're like, "Wait, is this actually a new game I'm seeing? Like, it's not just some random like footage or something like that." So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I think it would be really cool if this was an actual game that comes out, and uh, it'd be just hilarious to think that a game is being made or kind of got the the green light because of people hacking into Ubisoft and in Watch Dogs too. <laughs> Uh, this is just like
1: Inception on top of Inception.
0: <laughs> it's a game. A real-life
1: game, life game, <laughs> a game within the fake video game company that is the exact same location <laughs> and company as the real-life company inside of this real-life company's <laughs> game.
0: Uh, whoever whoever <laughs> thought of this like mission in Watch Dogs deserves a raise, that's for sure. Right, that's yeah. That's what I have to say. But Yeah, so, so keep your eyes out on that. Uh, Watch Dogs 2 actually uh is released today i believe um yep came and out today. yeah it just came out so if you guys a lot are, of good uh, things coming out about it yeah
1: overall it, big picture seems to be better than the first one which yes
0: not not, may so not hard. be hard to do <laughs> the goal because the first one over promised <laughs> on so many things and when it finally yep. came out and you're like well it isn't quite what i was expecting and it's like <laughs> okay sequel we can you know flesh these things out and make it a little make it a little better so i'm glad glad the second one's better um it sounds like a fun game to mess around in a big open world and you can do cool stuff with tech obviously. But, uh, yeah, yeah let us know on Twitter if uh, you're playing watchdogs too, if you've done that mission or what your thoughts are on this rumored, um, game, unreleased game. Um, our last story that we are just going to talk about real briefly, um, in honor of Nathan <laughs> is that <laughs> the legend of Zelda breath of the wild is rumored back in the rumor meal this week. Um, that they are having development trouble and localization is taking a lot longer than they expected. Um, you know, being it's such a big game, there's so many things Mm -hmm. to translate and, you know, switch in the localization. And then they are anticipating four to six months of testing that is very thorough because Nintendo wants this game to be as bug free as possible, you know, especially, you know, with, how much polish they typically put in Zelda games and with how much how big the world is, how many different things there are, like it just is gonna take a long time to test and it's looking like it might be pushed back to a summer two thousand seventeen release date and it is going to miss the Switch launch. Which is insane. When you think about this game was announced like that first year of the Wii U and they're like, we're making a new Zelda game, especially for Wii U. And like (laughs) it's not even gonna be out until after the (laughs) news Like Nintendo console after we use out, like it's insane. It blows my mind. Uh, oh man, it's just great to see that
1: the rumor me wheel continues to spin for Nintendo. I mean, you know, this is going to be an amazing game. I mean, you, we've watched the trailers at a couple of E3s now. We've seen gameplay. We've seen all sorts of things about this game. It's going to be incredible. And even watching it on the new Switch in the trailer and knowing that we can take it mobile looks awesome. But Honestly, it needs to come out Are we really <laughs>
0: surprised that it's been delayed? Uh, I, yeah, that's that's the sad thing. Like this is obviously a rumor. Take it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. But if they come out in January for that, you know, switch direct they're doing and they say, um, by the way, here's all these awesome games you look forward to during the launch, Zelda will come out and launch window a few months after, I look forward to it in July or June or August, whatever it is. I wouldn't be surprised, like you're saying, Rob. <laughs> Which is kind of sad, but uh, I don't know, it's it's crazy. This game is so big. I think it's the biggest game Nintendo's ever made. Like, I think it's yeah. safe to assume that it's probably bigger than all the, like, other 3D Zeldas, like, combined, just with how big mm-hmm. this world is and things you can do. Um, so, I mean, I don't know, this hype is going to be out <laughs> of control for this game. Like, if it gets lower than, like, a 9.5, people are probably going to be super upset, but um I think it's. I think it's going to be worth the wait. And ultimately, there's. I. Th- I was thinking earlier, and other than Mario Maker, we haven't had a new Mario game since Super Mario 3D World, which I believe came out in 2012. Um, That's no, 2000, right. Yeah. yeah. 2012 or 2013, and one of the two. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been like four years since a real mario game has come out so like i think this 3d mario game could totally be a launch game for the switch and like yeah. zelda won't be the launch game that'll be a game that comes out in the summer launch this thing with mario which is you know better sales wise than zelda anyways so It would make business mm-hmm. sense to launch it with mario and then you know a few months after follow it up with this huge amazing zelda game i think that would be awesome for the for the switch and would I would be totally fine with that. If I get Mario at launch, I don't care where Zelda comes. (laughs) Um, But obviously, you know, there's a lot of people who are very upset. and uh, Hopefully, it'll still come out for the Wii U. We're we're assuming it will. (laughs) Nintendo's still saying it will. I think there'd be too many upset fanboys, but I don't know. I don't even see. I I think the Switch version is going to be a lot better and run better and stuff because obviously... And you can take it with you wherever you go. So, I mean, win-win right there. That still is just so crazy to me. Like, how big and how big of an adventure this game is gonna be. Like this is a handheld Zelda game, technically. Yeah. Like you think of the handheld Zelda games, you know, they're all like, you know, 2D Link Link Between Worlds was like Linked to the Past and like mm-hmm. obviously they remade the sixty-four Zelda games, but you think handheld Zelda and you think small little adventures, this is like the biggest game Nintendo's ever made. It's on a handheld, which is crazy. It's massive. Yeah. So I don't know. It it it'll be interesting to see where Zelda lines up but um, I think we're all excited to play it for whenever it does Mm -hmm. alrighty moving into our main segment for today's show we are going to talk a little bit about the NES Classic and then we while we were thinking about the NES Classic we were thinking of if Nintendo were to make another Classic system which one would we want and all three of us here on the show me Rob Nathan we probably had the most time gaming growing up playing the n64 we just lot but all of us had a lot of experience playing mm-hmm. different 64 games and titles Thought, wouldn't it be awesome if nintendo made an n64 classic and what games would we want to make sure are on that n64 classic so um we will be picking some different games that um we think should, are must-have games on a N64 Classic, should Nintendo decide to make one. Uh, we know you're listening, Nintendo, so listen to our recommendations here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but first, I'll, I'll share a little bit about the NES Classic. Um, I did get to, to play it this weekend. My mom was actually able to pick one up. She went to Best Buy about 10 minutes before they opened and got the very last uh, one they had in stock. They had 25, and she was actually really lucky because the guy in front of her like, was just there to get like a phone protector or a screen protector for his son's, like, iPhone. And so she's like, oh, sweet. I thought you were going to grab one. So she was able to get one. Last person in line, um, I stopped at three other stores um, in uh, Salem, Oregon, and all of them were sold out before they, like, even opened. So, like, I got to Target 20 minutes before they opened. There was already, like, 20 people in line that said, oh, yeah, we only have 12. So, like, there was actually a waiting line just in case, but, like, they they weren't going to get one. And I called all these other stores. They were all sold out immediately. Um, and so, like, this shortage of stock is so confounding. Like, it doesn't really surprise me. I kind of saw this coming. They didn't do pre orders. They've done been doing this with Amiibo, just kind of sending out really small uh, stock shipments they got to build the hype and make it look like there's a really big shortage and you know getting people to talk about it and make people excited but like really they're just making their hardcore fans upset like i don't have one for myself my mom and dad have that one um and i read so many stories of other people on twitter who weren't able to buy one and you you know you have these people who are waiting in line there's like 40 people in line like oh sorry we have 15 in stock and there you go. There's 25 people walking away who had their money ready to hand over to Nintendo, but you didn't want to take it because you did not send enough. And this is totally on purpose. Like It's not an mm-hmm. accident. There's no way they didn't anticipate this, you know, selling out immediately. So I don't know. What's your take, Rob? Do you – well, give me some, like, business sense here. Like, what? what is the good business here that, that makes sense for Nintendo to turn away customers because they don't have enough systems? See, I can understand this. You you mentioned the amiibo, and the Amiibo has made a
1: really great market of being able to release only a small amount in certain select spots and you know it's done really incredible with that because honestly, amiibos are not the game. They're something you put into the game. It's yeah, a collectible thing. So like, you know, you, you think back to when we were all kids and we would go down to the store and you'd pick up a pack of Pokemon cards. And you might get a good Pokemon, or you might get three of the Pokemon you already had. Mm -hmm. Most often, it's probably something dumb. But with the amiibos and cards and stuff, that makes sense, because we're going to spend our money on it anyways when we can, and we want sort of that rarity of it and be like, oh, hey, I got this amiibo. Yeah. But with a console... Even though it is a smaller version of a re-release of an older console, and it does have some different features, it's only being released for $60. Obviously, it's not the big Nintendo console for this market, because we're still in expectation of the Switch coming out next year, and that's obviously what they're amping up to. This baffles me. (laughs) I mean, I, I've i studied a little bit of economics, not enough to be like, I'm an economist and I'm going to go on to the <laughs> stock markets. But like yeah. enough to know that with something like this, you want to have more than enough, not what I mean, we were we were trying to make guesses before the show on how many we think they released. If we believe that we were we were favored. You said about five hundred thousand, maybe. Yeah, I don't think there's I,
0: more than five hundred thousand out in America. Right
1: I, I, I I would say I would go just a little bit bigger. I don't think they made more than a million copies of this, but I don't even
0: know if that a million seems like a huge yeah, stretch. Yeah, as of this. as far as I can tell, the yeah, major retailers like Target and like Best Buy and stuff, they got. Anywhere from around you know, twelve to thirty uh, systems per store, based on you know, mm-hmm. you know how many people live in that area. Um, yeah, Park, but most of the smaller Park. stores, um, like Walmart's and Fred Meyer's, you know these these smaller stores that do have electronic sections got like ten or less. Um, and like I said, all these stores, when the launch day came, had people waiting in line at like five in the morning <laughs> to get this thing. So it immediately sells out. You have all these people who are in line or they're excited. They show up to the store on launch day and they can't get one. There's people who get off work and they're like, oh, sweet. I want to go get it. They can't get one. And they're turning all these customers away. And with, especially with a system that has a $60 price tag, this is something that I think is going to be more of an impulse buy. Like, oh man, oh, I saw a video about it or remind me of when I was a kid. Let me go to the store and pick it up and plug it in and play it for like a couple hours. It's only 60 bucks. Yeah. They can't do that. And by the time it comes back in stock three months later, they may going go, eh, yeah, whatever. I, I don't need it anymore and talk themselves out of it. Like, it's so confounding that Nintendo is is not stocking these things crazy. I have another quick story about Amazon. Amazon said, 2 p.m. Pacific time on launch day, we'll be selling the NES Classic Edition. We'll have very limited stock. So if you want one, log in right at 2 o'clock. You should be able to add it to your card and get one. Good luck kind of thing. I'm like, all right, sweet. So I just got home me my wife and my mom we all were on our own different devices refreshing the page right around two o'clock waiting for it to go live um right before two the page starts to s- reload very very slowly because you can tell there's a million people in america all refreshing the page mm-hmm. at the same time trying to get this thing and we never actually see the buttons say like add to cart or available now or like click to order we keep doing it and then about two minutes after two o'clock the entire amazon page crashes it's just plain white there's nothing on the page it takes about 15 minutes for the page to get back up and it says sorry still out of stock and like apparently they sold out of all of them when the page crashed and there was nothing there then we did this on three different devices so it wasn't just like my device like amazon crashed for everyone my entire twitter feed was just mad cuz no one was able to put an order through and uh, it's it's so so confounding that this is so so hard to get when it's you know a small system. This is a yeah. system that obviously the big Nintendo fanboys are going to buy. So make millions mm-hmm. of these things. So all those Nintendo fanboys can buy one. And then have it in everywhere. Have it like in Safeway. So when mom is checking out, oh, I remember playing Pac-Man when I was in high school. Oh, it's only yeah. $60. Let me grab it. Or I'll get it for the kids for Christmas. This should just be all over the place. It one would night. sell so much more. Even for me, I'm not – I'm – out
1: of the three of us, I'm the least Nintendo fanboy, and I make sure to say that almost every episode. But I mean, it's true. I yeah. I have a very large diversity when it comes to video games, and more so than just Nintendo. And I've never really been a Nintendo fanboy, but even for me, looking at this going, oh, $60, I can do that. Mm-hmm. That's the price of a new game. Yeah, you're getting 30 oh, games. Like, it's two bucks a might, game. Yeah, yeah. Awesome you know, the console. thought is. You know, oh, hey, maybe one of these days I'll just pick one up when I swing by the store. You know, it's only 60 bucks. What? What's the big deal? Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's such a shortage, I mean, and especially with how Nintendo's been doing their marketing lately, lately. Pokemon Go, Super Mario, Run, even with Zelda Breath of the Wild, the incredible trailers we're seeing, as well as with the Switch, just how incredible the marketing has been for that. And then here we have the shortage with the nes classic no one can buy it who wants it and then just kind of Uh, i don't i don't know it just feels like nintendo took like eight steps forward with everything else and then took a couple steps back and shot themselves in the foot that's
0: that's classic nintendo though like it it's now becoming a (laughs) headache to like even think about finding this thing like apparently walmart is saying they're gonna sell it at 2 p.m you know every day through the 18th we'll have them in stock and like my wife tried ordering it today at 2 p.m. And the entire site, it was the same thing. Like, didn't work. The site crashed. Didn't have any available. Mm-hmm. Wasn't able to even get through or get close to ordering one. So, like, I don't know. This is going to be something that, like, if you really want one, just call your local Target, Walmart, you know, GameStop, everything, and find when they get their shipments in and show up early in the morning and hope you can find one. And yeah, we don't – I mean, Nintendo did say, oh, we're working on getting more shipments through. We'll have more for the holiday season. But that we don't know what that means. We don't know when they're coming. Does that mean that yeah. each store is getting five more, 50 more, 500? Like, how many are actually coming? We don't know. So all this to say, the um, system is awesome. It, it's really, really cool. I don't, don't mean it's not like I'm complaining too much. It's just this – I just wish more people could have access to it. Um it, you did get a chance to play it though. Yeah. Your mom did actually get yeah, one because she was one of the lucky hours. ones in line. Yeah, I spent a couple hours playing it, and I had, I had a blast. Like I'd played a majority of the games already, like twenty two of the games, I'd say I have pretty good experience with. Um, so I had actually a lot of fun playing some of the NES classics that I did not miss growing up. Like I was playing like Cast the original Castlevania and Castlevania two. I was really enjoying those games. Remind me a lot of Shovel Knight, obviously, which was based off, you know, that series of games a little bit. And mm-hmm. like my mom walks in, she's like, What are you playing? I'm like, Oh, it's Castlevania. I never got to play it when I was a kid. She's like, Well, I, I know why. It looks like it's evil. There's skeletons and <laughs> <laughs> it looks looks like an evil game. I'm like, Yes, I know, but now I can finally play it, mom. Um but yeah, so being like able to play a child in his mom's basement. <laughs> Yeah, so so play playing Castlevania was awesome. Um and then also playing Bubble Bobble. I never really played Bubble Bobble before. That was oh, of, yeah. that was a lot of fun. And then um tried out Star Tropics, played a lot of Excite Bike and just, you know, a lot of my other just favorites. Like I played Punch Out with my dad, who was like the Punch Out champion like of his day. He I watched him beat Mike Tyson when I was a kid and, and so being able to play that with him and you know, share little timing secrets and um being able to play the original pac-man and mario bros arcade with my mom those are her favorite games back then it was a really awesome experience being able to play Mm -hmm. those games with my parents and hear the stories of you know yeah every day in high school we would go over to the arcade and we'd all stack our quarters and you know see who could get the highest score and um so it definitely harkens back and has just so much nostalgia like all the original box arts are in the main menu so you power it up and you see all the games to the original box are, and you can instantly load into any of them. Each game has four different save states, which is awesome. You can instantly pop in and out between other games. Um, There's three different displays, which is cool. There's the original uh, display, which has slightly wider pixels. There's a pixel perfect mode, which makes sure all the pixels are perfect squares, which looks really nice. And then there's also kind of like a, a... filter that makes it look like you're playing on like an old like tv so it's kind of like the scan lines and stuff and it's a little bit more. oh blurry. yeah it was awesome like it you realize like man did the games really look kind of you know this fuzzy and bad but it, <laughs> it also ha- just had great nostalgia and you can switch instantly between those three which was really really cool the controller feels exactly the same i gave it to my dad you know who's played hundreds of hundreds of hours of nes so i'm like all right does this pass the test does it feel like the original controller and he like closes his eyes he's like oh yeah Oh yeah, th- this is it. This is <laughs> feels the <like, laughs> exact same. I think Nintendo used like the same exact molds they had from the 80s or whatever. So great, great job. The the system itself looks great. It's really tiny. It's like smaller than an NES cartridge. Like it's so small. Um, it's, it's great. Incredible. Yeah. The only really complaint with the actual physical hardware itself is how small the controller cord is. It's about the size of a nunchuck cord for the Wii. If you know about how long that is, about you know two two and a half feet. Um, so it's mm-hmm. really short, so you have to sit pretty close to your TV, which I realize I think Mitino doesn't realize that most people's couches are eight feet away from their TVs nowadays, because <laughs> TVs are pretty big, and you don't really want to sit. We all have wireless anymore.
1: controllers,
0: exactly. Um, so that that is a little bit of an odd, odd thing that is in there, but there are workarounds. You can get longer HDMI mm-hmm. cable or. You can buy little um, controller cord extensions for, like, those Wii, Wii extension cords. So there's ways around it. It's a little weird, but overall, the system is awesome. The packaging is amazing. It's the original NES box art. You get a really cool poster inside that has, you know, like, .con. It says, like, now you're playing with power. Like, my dad's like, oh, I used to have that poster in my room. And so all the packaging stuff is is really, really cool. It's awesome. Awesome idea, really great implementation. The games look great. They're bright, colorful, responsive, and I just wish more people could have this thing. So, um,
1: Yeah, I mean, as yeah. far as the nostalgia trip goes, this sounds like everything we hoped and dreamed from this type of console coming back.
0: Yeah. Except I mean, that we can't get one. Exactly. And, like, so, there's been, you know retro systems i've had preloaded games in the past you know and they're always like yeah crappy kind of third party ones but like this one you can tell like it's made by nintendo they did a really good job with you know putting the digital copies in the game making sure they look just right you can have all the different features everything feels just the way it did it's just it's as perfect as you could get for one of these things obviously with the fact that you know there's 30 games so Like them or leave them; those are your thirty games. You can't add any more. You can't play your original cartridges, which would have been cool. Um, But for the most part, the thirty games are great. Other than like you know, Ice Climbers and a few other games, but um, (laughs) really, really good selection of of games. All three Mario's are on there. The both Zelda games and all all, a good list for the most part. So that's awesome. But uh, let's let's jump in here to N sixty four. If Nintendo was to make an N sixty four classic, what would um what what games would we want on this thing so rob and i are both going to list five different games and we'll just kind of talk a little bit about why we think that game should be on the n64 classic should nintendo choose to make one and um yeah so why don't we start at number five on our list um do you want to start or do you want me to me to go first
1: I got this one. Right. Cuz actually these two kind of tie into each other, 5 and 6 on our list here. Okay. Uh Banjo Kazooie and Banjo Tooie. Yes. Um, fantastic. We've mentioned them before in context of talking about the new ukulele game or ukulele. however you to pronounce it. <laughs> and we've talked about it, you know, bashing on Banjo Kazooie nuts and bolts, but let's be honest, if there are two classic platformer gamers Games that were not Nintendo, like Zelda. Mario yeah. or Donkey Kong or Zelda. It was these two. I mean, these are great games. They had the great storylines, great concepts, great characters,
0: great, great voices. Your sister gets stolen and a witch steals her beauty and turns into a hot Dude, witch. but still. <laughs> no, it was great. Because, I mean it was hilarious
1: and you're going through the story was, and you're interacting with all these different quests and stuff and they're all just really hilarious
0: quests and and, and all the I characters think speaking great. rhymes and stuff it's like <laughs> 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 and yokelele will be exactly the same yes, so really great Banjo kazoo and, and would be our yeah. first one i, I on love the list. soundtrack on those games and the world's Worlds were great. There was a lot of different worlds. They all mm-hmm. all felt pretty different, which was awesome. And there was, like, unique little characters in all the worlds, too. Like, that's one thing I had that Mario 64 didn't really have. Like, Mario 64 had, you know, some enemies and stuff. But mostly it was just about the different worlds and the platforming. all. Yeah. Banjo-Kazooie had, you know, oh, check out the little polar bear and do a little side quest for him. Or check out this camel and do something for him. Or there's a talking book. Let's see what he wants. So, you know, all the little characters well, and also, with the googly eyes. the fact and, that the
1: banjo kazooie into the the worlds interconnected so like something you might get an item you might get or something you might do in one world might be used in the next world
0: yeah you slowly unlock so the different was, abilities ha- for sure
1: yeah well in abilities but also like especially in the second one there was a lot of like you would do something like someone in this world had to make it to the next world and you had to find a way to get them from one world to the other you know like i mean that type of interaction yeah. between
0: worlds which was great gotcha all right well i think that is a great choice um i think for me my number five pick is going to have to be mario party 2 i'm gonna go with mario party 2 i think mario party Mm -hmm. 3 might be a slightly better game because there's a little more content but uh mario party 2 i just love because the characters dressed up in costumes (laughs) yeah it was great uh so that was a great thing about mario party 2 but yeah you when you think, when I think of multiplayer gaming on the 64, there's a few games I think of, and uh, Mario Party is definitely one of those. Um, just playing through the different Mario Party games with all my brothers growing up was always a blast. We would, you know, get so competitive in the mini game mode, and we would just, you know, play the same mini games over and over and over, you know, trying to prove who, who was the best in those mini games and. You know, everyone can remember a time where you lost a game because you got a star stolen on the last turn or <laughs> these tragic, you know, you land on the chance time spot and you would have to give all your stars to someone else or, you know, random things like that. And you just never, yeah. never really knew what would happen next in Mario Party. And they have, you know, that little bit of Nintendo charm in them with the different boards and the things that happen. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just think the Mario Party series was a great idea um, to put out in the system, you know, with those four controllers you know, since, since the 64 days, you know, the GameCube had a, Mario Party 4 was pretty good. But, you know, ever since then, the series has gotten a little, little stale, a little, you know, so-so. Um, but, man, back in, those, back in those days, Mario Party 2 and 3 especially were, were fantastic games. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put Mario Party 2 as my number five game.
1: Yeah, I can remember renting those from Blockbuster back when you could rent games from Blockbuster. And <laughs> yeah. Me and my brothers playing them for hours.
0: Yeah, they're, um, they're guaranteed
1: fun. Oh, yeah. So my number four would be GoldenEye 007.
0: Um, I knew you were going to put this somewhere on your list.
1: (laughs) I had to. This is I played so much of this game is I mean, it is basically one of the greatest and best movie tie in games in existence.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you Um, you have to give it that.
1: Because Most movie tie-in games are horrible, and GoldenEye 007 was probably one of the hands-down best ones in existence. Came out for the 64, it was fun gameplay, the multiplayer, which was thrown in last minute, was incredible. And still to this day, I hold this dear to my heart that this is literally the only
0: video game that I can consistently beat Jeff at. <laughs> <laughs> this may be true. I I may be training though, Rob, for next time you come up, and I'll, I'll surprise you. I haven't been training. Well, I I played with my brothers a little bit and got <laughs> smoked because they're all actually better than I am. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm just kidding. I think I've only played it once in like the last year. So, but yeah, that, that's that's a good choice. It's it's a little hard to play uh, nowadays since we've gotten used to our fancy. Smooth FPS controls, but well, once once you get that controller back in your hand, you kind of remember how to move and shoot. And aim, yeah it, it all comes back to you, and you know even even if the controls aren't the greatest and the graphics aren't the greatest anymore, like you can put four people in a room and you know give them those controls and they're going to have a great time. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: and different modes with different guns and everything. I it just golden made it very only. yeah. Golden gun only. <laughs> slappers only. Slappers I mean, only. It just made it so classic. And there were so many different modes to it that you could literally There's, spend hours. Yeah. Just there,
0: there was there was a lot of different modes, which a lot of games like that didn't have. You know, like, oh, you had your multiplayer mode. You could do versus or battle, you know. But this one, you could mm-hmm. really customize what the multiplayer looked like, which was awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely an influential game. Should definitely be on a N64 Classic. I doubt it ever would if the N64 Classic did get made just with all the weird copyright issues with Rare and the movie studios nintendo but i would love love to see it on there um my number four game uh, this is tough i'm probably gonna have to go diddy kong racing um diddy kong racing uh you know came out i believe it was like a year after mario kart um maybe that same year it came pretty close after mario kart and i actually remember hearing about this game first by getting the VHS from Blockbuster, we were renting some other game, and uh, it's like Pokemon Snap or something. And they, they go, Hey, do you want to uh, check out this VHS for this g- new game coming out? We're like, Yeah. So we take it home, we put this VHS in, this mysterious game. We have no idea what it is, because Nintendo would send out like promo VHSs to stores and people. And we put it in, and it was like this whole like 20-minute video about Diddy Kong Racing, this new game coming out, <laughs> and like how exciting it is. And we're like, oh, that looks so amazing. There's so many characters. I love Diddy Kong. Like, You know, coming from the kid who Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy Kong's Quest was his favorite game. Like, I'm like, yes. And so uh, we we picked it up right when it came out, and while the kart racing and the racing parts itself weren't quite as good as Mario Kart mechanically... Um, it was a lot of fun because you could play airplane racing. There was water racing and hoverboats. There was really fun other game types as well. Like the favorite one, there was this one in the volcano level where you would have to go down and grab eggs out of the center and go back to like oh, your little yeah. lava, your lava nest, and hatch them. And me and my brothers were all so good at this game. Like we would just have these crazy close matches, and you could steal other people's eggs before they hatched. We just had so much fun playing that one mode. Countless hours wasted in that, and it was so much fun. I'll be honest, that was probably my
1: least favorite mode simply <laughs> because it was the most infuriating. That I was always, hard,
0: or we just, what?
1: Yeah, a little bit of it was hard. I just never was as great at controlling the plane as I was some of the other, uh, the yeah. car yeah, or the hover one. Um, my favorite mode on that one was actually in the main lot, kind of sort of meta lobby lobby area you could catch the tiger
0: oh the yeah big yeah. cat
1: thing in the middle of the game and if you caught him you got to race him and i love doing those races those were the, some oh, of wait, wait, my are, favorite. are you options.
0: talking about the uh the genie elephant guy yeah,
1: yeah, it yeah, was yeah the yeah. elephant
0: guy right yeah
1: like alakazam. And then you
0: alakazam race
1: him on different levels <laughs> yeah and you stuff. race him and through the overworld so much it
0: fun cool. yeah and uh, that was a, a great thing about it. That, that thanks for mentioning that, Rob. Is there's an adventure mode too? You would go through, you'd unlock the different worlds, which are the different themed mm-hmm. levels. You'd get balloons. You'd have to raise boss monsters. Like there was a Triceratops, a giant squid. Oh yeah. And you bought the, these different air, and you'd open up different areas. You'd find hidden balloons. So I had this really cool single player uh, mode that the Mario Kart did not. Obviously, Mario Kart, you know, used to use stand on Grand peas. So it's whatever. But this had a pretty cool little adventure mode with different uh fun features and so um mm-hmm. that as well as being able to unlock bonus characters like drumsticking the TT the, the clock was also really cool but yeah when you know people think racing game on 64 they think Mario Kart but Diddy Kong Racing is also a great great pick for that system so
1: yeah
0: all right uh
1: Rob number 3 pick all right so my number 3 is actually Star Fox 64 Um, I know both of us would probably say this is pretty close to about number three on this list, so I figured I'd steal it out from under him. (laughs) Um, I put a lot of hours into this one. I, I didn't play the original Star Fox until much later in life, but Star Fox 64 was a classic game. I mean, just the whole combat, like the whole space combat, just the ability to put you on... Well, it was kind of like the, the scrolling field plane, but then you could just go all over and through different items. There was hidden secrets throughout the level. The weaponry was cool. You got new weapons. You could unlock different weapons during the level and stuff. And just the classic do a barrel roll. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, And the bosses were incredible. They always took a little bit of a twist and a little bit of thought to try and figure out how to beat them and... It was an enjoyable game. I remember I beat it once or twice only. It wasn't I I didn't play uh, it nearly as much as like some of the later I, I ones. I beat
0: that thing like 40 times. <laughs> yeah, I was say, like you beat this one a lot. Uh, yeah, I I had that pretty much almost every level in that game memorized and like all the mm-hmm. alternate routes. I like I still have like these numbers lodged in my head of like how many hits you need to get in a level to earn a medal. Like Kranaria is you need one fifty hits, sector wise, like 120 or something. Like uh and like, I, I love the variety too with the landmaster levels. And then you had the, the aquas level when you're in the blue Marine and all the different bosses were super interesting. And finding the secret pass was always um, a ton of fun as well. And then you even unlock like a different version of venom. If you go, a certain alternate route where you, yeah, where you fight a different boss battle for Andros, where it's like the true ending and you, it's different. You see Fox's dad and stuff. So um, just, just the stuff like that made it so re- replayable and it, you know, it wasn't a long game it was you could play through the whole thing probably um, in, you know, less than an hour or so if, if you know what you're doing. So it, it was a nice arcade experience, you mm-hmm. know, but gave you lots of reasons to go back replay and try to set high scores plus that had multiplayer i actually had yeah, a lot of fun i think
1: multiplayer. I, I do remember playing a lot of multiplayer with my brothers just simply because we were i mean there was four of us so we had to play a lot of multiplayer yeah. games you couldn't just sit around exactly. play single player <laughs> games all day long
0: yeah so i'm already playing Star Fox. my brother comes in starts whining I'm like all right whatever we'll jump in and i'll you know destroy you as peppy and i had a handicap system too that my brother's Sometimes would make me capitalize or capitalize on me, <laughs> uh, but yeah, lo- lots of fun with Star Fox. Some of the best and worst voice acting in video games. Uh, and, Absolutely great, but
1: yeah. horrible all at the same time. <laughs> so
0: cheesy, but just so great and memorable. So, I, oh I yeah, loved, I loved Peppy. Just, just everything Slippy said. S- Sli- oh, I thought Slippy was a girl for most of the years growing up. <laughs> right, same. <laughs> uh, but. It's- yeah, a lot, lot of fun, a lot of fun with Star Fox. Oh, and that one had the Rumble Pack too. So that was the first That's kind right, of yeah. game that had Rumble. I remember my dad was really excited, so he bought three extra Rumble Packs. So we'd all have our little Rumble Packs and shoot each other multiplayer. Like, whoa, I could feel the shot. It's so amazing. The technology. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. Um, but kind of, kind of looking at our time here. It looks like we got just a few minutes left in the show. Um, so how about this? We will stop at these five games for this week, and then maybe next week or maybe on another uh, show um, coming up soon, we can you know, maybe add a new five episodes every show or something like that, or another another five games or something. Uh, and we'll maybe add the rest of our list here on next week's show. And hopefully Nathan will be able to be here for that one, and he can uh, weigh in and make sure some of his favorite – And 64 games come in, which means Majora's Mask is probably going to get in there somehow, even though I don't like that game. Oh, man. Nathan's (laughs) going to add
1: that one, no matter what we say.
0: (laughs) For sure. Uh, But uh, let's just go ahead and close out here uh, with our final segment. We always like to end the show with what we're playing this week. Um, Like I said, I played lots of NES Classic this week. That was, you know, what I did most of my gaming on this week. Um, Had a lot of fun trying out Castlevania for the first time, like I said. Um, I, I love the music. Played some Super C with my brother, which is the Super Contra. Um, I'm not sure why they put Super C in rather than like Contra 1 or 2 or something. Um, but it was fun. Like, I'm, I'm a huge Metal Slug fan. And, you know, it's I think Metal Slug was very inspired by that series. You know, your little 2D shooter where you're going left to right. Things are flying at you from all directions. So, a lot of fun playing the NES Classic. Um, and then, actually, before the show started here, for. About an hour, I actually jumped into Overwatch because Sombra came out today. Finally, the new character, Sombra, as well as a new map and a new arcade mode for Overwatch came out. And I got to say, over er, Sombra is amazing. She's super fun to play as. Um, the first game I played her, I got on fire. And I'm like, yes, this feels awesome. Her SMG uh, that she does, I'm used to playing Tracer. And I thought oh, it would yeah. be like Tracer where you shoot your... You don't have a lot of rounds, but you kind of go through them quickly, and you're moving around. Uh, she has a pretty big magazine. Um, I feel like it's like 60 or 70. So obviously you burn through the bullets pretty quickly, but it is a longer mag, and it did a lot more damage than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. But while she is an offensive character, I thought that was awesome. Like I was able to, I'm able to take out tanks pretty quickly on my own. Like I defeated an entire Roadhog um, in about five six seconds, which was awesome.
1: Oh wow, that's actually really
0: powerful. Yeah, and same, with, same with the Winston. I did the same thing to a Winston, and you can hack characters by. It takes about a second to activate the hack. Like you have to kind of hold it down, um, but it'll make them so they can't use their special abilities. So it can kind of, you know, I did it to Winston, mm-hmm. and he couldn't jump out or lay down his shield, and he was like, "No, what am I gonna do?" And so it is pretty cool. And I think people obviously are still, you know, going to be learning how to play against her. But as of now, she she feels really, really great. She doesn't feel too powerful. There's cooldowns and other things Oh, okay. That's actually
1: um, what I was going to ask because kind of the way you were saying, you were able to take down tanks pretty easily. I was wondering yeah, if you're going to nerf her.
0: She, she only has 200 health, which is, you know, not a lot. Um, and then for most of your ability, like, you, you have a stealth mode, but it takes, like, a second to exit st- stealth mode, and you can't f- fire or attack while you're in stealth mode, and if you get hit, you pop out of it. And, like, it does take a little while to start your hack, and your teleportation a grenade that you throw only lasts for about ten seconds, and that has a pretty big cooldown as well. Um, and so, mm. yeah, and unlike most offensive heroes, her her super isn't going to kill anyone. It just kind of hacks anyone in a radius and like, destroys. Any oh teams. yeah. And so, it's definitely more of kind of a support super as well, rather than like most offensive characters like Reaper or Pharaoh. You just you can wipe a whole team if you you use the ultimate, right? Um, but yeah, having a lot of fun. I tried the arcade mode um i tried the 1v1 and then a 3v3 and it was actually surprisingly fun it just throws you in a 1v1 match with another player makes you both be the same character and you just have to find each other duel it out and i think it goes to like three or four points and you so like the first one was winston i was like yes my boy winston i beat the guy and then switched me the next round like Junkrat. and the next one was like may and it just you know makes you play these different characters which is fun because you can kind of learn how to play other characters and practice characters you normally wouldn't play so oh, yeah, that's awesome. And then trying three v three is obviously different. And that, I'm just glad that they're you know adding lots of new con- free content to this game. It's awesome. So definitely, uh, I'll, I'll probably be playing that uh, some more this week. So let me know on Twitter at the Jeffrey or just you know hit us at our Hey Listen Twitter. If you are uh, going to be on Overwatch this week, I'd love to uh, love to meet up with you. And uh, lastly, like I said, didn't get to play a lot this week, but uh, Nathan did come over last night. And uh, we were playing some board games and stuff, but before he left, he's like, man, can I play some Mario Kart 8 with you? I'm like, sure, let's play some Mario Kart. So I hadn't played MK8 in a while, um, so had had some fun doing that. And we even jumped online, which is kind of scary to do because, you know, the only people who go online in that game still are kind of the devoted <laughs> who have <laughs> much higher rank than Nathan or I. We still fight those Canadians, man. I'm sorry if you're Canadian and you listen to the show, but... I've only had negative experiences with Canadians in Mario Kart games. So it's Mario Kart Diaz, Mario Kart Wii. Man, they just like hold the blue shells to the last second. They always try to knock you off the edge. So I I am always a rival with anyone from Canada in Mario Kart. But had some, had some had some fun playing <laughs> playing that going back to it. I might might jump back into it some more this week. So that that game still just looks so pretty. Like when people are worried about the Switch is power. Like even if it's just marginally better than the Wii U, like they can get games to look like this. Like Mario Kart eight is oh, yeah. amazing. Um and so I'm excited to to see what the new Mario Kart is on Switch, whether you know it's a port or a remake or whatever. Um I'm not worried about it. It's it's gonna look great, it's gonna be a lot of fun. So
1: yeah, that's Well what then, I, I mean that's that's kinda of the nice thing about um Mario type graphics they're more cartoony in nature and so they're not as realistic graphics and so you don't have to have the realism of like uncharted yeah you don't need to have individual
0: hair follicles like on nathan drake that blow in the wind like you can just have the the mario you know stubby hair that blows in the wind (laughs) which is a little easier to do but yeah it, Um, it looks great All right, so
1: this week I played. uh, I played some Civilization Five. Kind of was watching some Civilization Six gameplay and was sort of inspired. So I jumped into that a few
0: years ago. It's not the new one.
1: Yeah, Civilization Six just came out uh, this week, actually. Oh, nice. Um, And the gameplay looks incredible. It looks really good. The music sounds awesome. Apparently, the music. This is super cool. The music progresses throughout the game. So in the like the earlier like dark ages, basically, to use some Age of Empires terminology, during the Dark Ages it's like really simple. And as you in advance to the modern era, the music gets more and more complicated and like more pieces and instruments are added mm-hmm. into it for each society. Crazy. And so it sounds really cool, but I was watching that and I was like, dude, this looks awesome. So I was inspired to go back and play some Civilization Five. Um, I have most of the civilization games on steam so huh. i was just kind of playing through it playing a little bit of a just kind of made a match random and just kind of went into it and just started playing a little bit and was trying to do it with the only combat i was doing was against barbarians and just seeing if i could do everything <laughs> by diplomacy and it was working for the most part but i mean i'd only played for maybe 20 turns so
0: <laughs>
1: That's um I also, on Adam's recommendation last week, he recommended that we play the PlayStation Plus game, Deadly Tower of Monsters. So I put about an hour and a half into that one, and like Adam said, it was hilarious.
0: Um (laughs) I it probably my favorite
1: moment. You know, it's very cheesy. It's very B level sci fi movie. That's what, that's what
0: makes it funny,
1: though. <laughs> but that's what part of it what makes it funny. You know, stop motion dinosaurs. Yeah, the dinosaurs uh, are great. Bats on strings. You can see the strings <laughs> or the wires holding them up. Um, but the, probably what makes the game is the commentary. Mm-hmm. Instead set up like a movie, and the director's making the commentaries go throughout. And just some of the things he says, you know, Adam mentioned it last week, like, if you're standing still or something like that. But some of my favorite ones so far have been, like, where he makes, he's kind of a jerk. And so he makes <laughs> these comments like, oh, yeah, here's these two guys in monkey costumes, you know, and we kind of honestly forgot they were there. And then we did an on-location shoot next Day and we came back, and there was these two angry, hungry actors complaining about rights and suing us and some nonsense <laughs> like that. And you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. And then when you really die, it's like. Lead when you die or if you accidentally get killed, he says, wait, this isn't the right footage. What's going on? <laughs> it's just hilarious. And I'm looking forward to just kind of finishing me up and just seeing how it plays out, Because not because I'm really in- invested in the story or the gameplay is necessarily all that challenging or interesting. It's really simplistic. Yeah, The game's not super like huge or big, you know, gameplay design and stuff, but yeah. the commentary
0: makes the game. Yeah, and that, that's fine. You know, it doesn't need to doesn't need to be a huge game i think it's doing succeeding in what what it is trying to do pretty well so oh yeah definitely it's fun so yeah i i got to play just for probably about 20 minutes not not super long but um i had some fun with it so i'll i'll probably play it again eventually and um have some more fun with it but yeah check it out um if you haven't haven't downloaded it yet if you're a ps plus member deadly tower of monsters pretty cool and then the other game i played uh nathan and i
1: this last week we played some nba 2k17 together um, got into that, and uh, Nathan and I, if you know anything of our history, uh, we've been playing 2K together for years now, actually. Um, we started back on 2K12 or 13, somewhere in that era, and we've been kind of just bumping up with each generation. One of us gets the next one, and we share play, or <laughs> we go over to each other's house and play. And yeah. um, I have 2K17, and so we were share playing on mine, and I actually beat Nathan. Wow. I have I would say in the few years we've played... He usually wins, usually. He usually beats me. I think I've beaten him a couple times, but probably not enough to count on more than two hands. Um, <laughs> I mean, we played blacktop mode, and I can sometimes beat him on that one. I beat him on that one more consistently than anything. But I had a worse team than he did, and just everything was working out perfectly for me, and he... Totally missed the buzzer beater to tie the game, to send it into <laughs> overtime. It was a classic, beautiful moment. Loved every second of it, but Loved I can say I, I beat Nathan
0: once. Yeah, you know, you you can talk smack about Nathan all you want because he's not here on the show today. So
1: Yeah, so I just felt like doing a little dig there. But no, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's something that we've been doing for a long time. It's kind of our tradition, and it's yeah, a lot of fun. You know, that, that's doing.
0: cool. You guys are able to do that. Um. So awesome. I I uh, hope that Nathan will be able to join us here on the show next week. Um. But thanks for uh, joining me here today, Rob. It's been a lot of fun. Where can people find you on Twitter? You can find me at Rob Douglas Five. You can find myself at the Jeffrey Morse we will leave you guys with an NES medley that was uh, kind of published in the Super Smash Bros. uh, series. So have some fun listening to this 8-bit tunes, and good luck out there if you're in the hunt for NES Classic. We will (laughs) see you guys next week.